6: Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com, we'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection. Over 10000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. That's the way tire buying should be. Got a lot to get to, including um, more running back talk. John Middlecoff will join us 25 after the hour. Sean McVay is uh, finally asked about the field goal to nowhere. Do you guys know if I say field goal to nowhere, do you understand the reference? That's the old bridge to nowhere. Just because he has another bridge to nowhere, political stuff.
7: No, what is it? Isn't. I thought it was a Talking Head song, "Road to Nowhere," but no, close. "Bridge <laughs>
6: to Nowhere" was uh, I think wasn't that in Alaska, where they they raised money for like a bridge to a place where nobody actually goes, whatever. Um, I believe that's that's what it's from, and it's one of those political stories. Like, how did this all? How did they get all that money, and what all the money actually go to? It's funny, like we use the word "gate," because it's a tip of the cap to Watergate, and how many people who use the spy gate, whatever stuff, even know what Watergate was or how it went down anymore? Like I, I do think it's a prerequisite for if you're going to use a historical reference, you actually have to
4: know what that historical reference is. It was a uh, three point two mile road that was built at a cost of twenty eight million dollars wow. on the. Uh, Kuite Pacific Company of Anchorage. So it wasn't Alaska. Yeah. Okay. I got that right.
6: And it was it was uh what is it called when there's a uh when when you, there's a bunch of money and no one it's spent on a project but nobody actually knows totally where it where it goes. I forget what that's called. It's not a
4: quagmire.
6: What's a quagmire? Can you look up the definition of quagmire? I'd love to know that.
4: Isn't that like a sticky situation or something like a quandary? Uh, well, hey,
6: there's, there's gridlock. I know what that is, right? That's when things get, yeah, it's like, that's a traffic reference.
7: Filibuster. Is it kind of like that too?
6: Uh, a filibuster is kind of like political gridlock, but a filibuster is when, you know, in order to not get a law passed, they just keep having people come up and talk and talk and talk and talk. So they never get to the point to where they have to have a vote, <laughs> political filibuster.
4: A so. quagmire, in the sense you're trying to use it, is a awkward, complex, and hazardous situation.
6: Right. So you make it into a quagmire, and then you and it's and anytime somebody asks where the money went, you filibuster, and then end, end up people just, you know, with all the gridlock, they just decide to hell with it. Uh, I'm 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 moving on. Anyway. Um, Two Monday Night Football games last night. What's the takeaway? I mean, I don't know. Saints and uh, Panthers were really hard to watch. It it wasn't that the Steelers-Browns was easy to watch, but at least it's the Steelers, a gigantic name team, and like checking in on Deshaun Watson, who stinks! He's not good! Right? Right? And it's one of those. Did anyone actually watch Deshaun Watson play last year? Anybody? I mean, Byer, I know he's working, and so it's really hard. Plus, he's a Seahawks fan, so it's a game that he's going to watch every snap of. It's the Seahawks. Ramos is a Rams fan. They didn't play the Browns last year, did they? No. And we Charger fans, we didn't watch the Browns last year. And I know he didn't play until you know late in the season because. But I hadn't watched him play. In four years? And there was nothing about his play. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Stinks. Not good. Not good. Um, And it's something about that Browns uniform, right? I guess you put it on and just bad. And then you had the Nick Chubb injury, which uh, causes more and more of the running back discussion. First thing is, and I say this every year when it happens, there are three types of people in this world. I don't want to see it. Please don't show it to me. You can just tell me if you want to describe it. Fine. Oh, it even sounds hard to think about, but I don't want to see it. There's the, you know, I got to look once just so I can see what everybody's talking about. And then there's the screwed up people like me are like, Ooh, show it to me again. Ew, show it to me again. Ew. Hey, dude, check this out. Like, literally, I was playing pickleball last night, and my phone blew up because I had sent out a tweet previously about running backs. Like, did you see Nick Chubb? I was like, I went to, whoa, and then I started showing it to everybody. We stopped everything we're doing. Fire, help me out. You're a once guy?
3: I'm usually a zero guy, but I did watch it. I did. You saw it last night? Yeah, you
6: saw it. You didn't watch it. You didn't go like, hey, I want to see this.
3: I did seek a replay and then kind of watched it through my fingers. And? <laughs> Dude, yeah, it, fingers. Was it was not good. Um, no, it was not good at all.
6: I think where I would draw the line is if a leg tore off, right? Because last night it looked like the only thing keeping that leg together was the skin. Because you could see like... You could see the dislocation. It was pretty apparent that that thing became dislocated. I think had again, and this is like more of like a uh, Game of Thrones type of deal or some fantasy thing where like the leg actually tore off. That part I would go like, yeah, I don't really need to see that. Well, maybe once, okay, but it was that was a lot, and I was imp- And here's the thing, I really like Nick Chubb. Does anybody not like? Nick? And I think a lot of people like him, not just because he's good, but and he doesn't have, he's not constantly barking. But we play fantasy football, and if you get Nick Chubb, you know that guy's going to be productive.
7: And and there's certain levels of a hyperextension.
6: That wasn't a hyperextension. That was a dislocation.
7: Because they called it a hyperextension of the knee. That's well, what was I saw. Definitely
6: hyperextended. Okay. It was hyper—if that's hyper, it was hyper like me in third grade.
7: Okay. That's how hyper— That's what I mean. The, the, I, I look—yeah, I look at hyperextension. It's just like the knee goes back and it kind of just goes a little bit farther than I it d- should. I
6: just didn't think we needed all the all the updates from all the different reporters. Like uh, Kevin Stavansky reports that Nick Chubb's out give be out with a knee injury for the rest of the season. Like, yet we saw the the leg almost come off the other
4: end of the leg. But Joe Buck added a layer to your scenario. You're saying there's three kinds of people? Yeah. I think last night he added a layer because this is what I heard him say. We're not showing the replay of the other side of the field because it's too much. Yes. So another layer would be that person that hears that and then makes it his goal to find that angle. As opposed to yeah. me who heard that and was like, oh, cool, I'm good. They saved me having to watch it, you know.
6: Hmm. Um, here's Kevin Stavansky after the game. Reports
1: up here uh, from NFL Network the- uh,
4: that Nick has suffered multiple torn ligaments in, in the I can't. I, without imaging, I can't say. So, uh, significant the injury. Do you anticipate him being done for the
6: season? I yeah, I mean, that's... What, what are you going to say? All right here's Deshaun Watson after the game. I know he don't have the C on his, on his jersey, but, you know, he, he's a captain. He's a, He's a leader. He's... The definition of this of this team of this city of this organization and um you know we got a a lot of holes to fill you know why he's why he's away so um I mean, it's even tough to even speak on it. You know, I just want to just keep praying for him and his family and um, just hopefully he, you know, we get the best outcome for him. We're so used to seeing Chubb. He's the one outside of me, you know, rallying everybody, you know, keeping everybody just along and going on. And, and you know, you can kind of feel that throughout the game, just kind of the ups and downs. You know, but usually he's the one in the huddle talking to everyone. But, uh, you know, having that that peace is it was tough. Cassie has a question. Have it feels like the Deshaun Watson downfall is it. It's one of the bigger downfalls like Russell Wilson has aged and there's been a fall off, but he's had a long career of success. Deshaun Watson, probably half the length of success, obviously not the playoff success, but after the, where they have 24, nothing to the chiefs, right? Right has never recovered. Not, no one's ever recovered from that from that from that loss because if I'm if my memory strikes me and I I'm, I'm, they traded Hopkins before that season and then that season went to the tank right and they won four games and then he sat out and then there were the allegations and then everything else. but he was widely considered one of the brightest stars in the league. And it, it, even if you remove the off-the-field stuff in Houston from your consideration, which I, I, you, can, you can do, because I'm just talking about him as a football player. Like, he looked bottom 10 quarterbacks, and I'm being nice in the league last night. And I understand T.J. Watt's an incredible defensive player. Pittsburgh's defense is still really good. But he just didn't look good. He didn't look elite athletically. He missed on a bunch of throws. Um, The NFL has come out and said there's no additional fines for the hands on the official, but that's because the official put his hands on him and he's kind of pushed him aside as he's talking, but he had the two face mask penalties, which I've never seen. I've never seen it called on a quarterback, let alone twice in a game on a quarterback. Byron, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to think of another guy who's, now, we have seen guys down and then rebound, but I don't when, when your game is so built around athleticism and you look not terribly athletic, and he's always been a good thrower. He's not like he was Lamar as an athlete or Lamar in terms of, but, man, not great. This is a substantial
3: downfall, maybe of the historic nature. Considering as well of winning a national championship at Clemson, and, and And his coach and Dabo said he's Michael Jordan of football, right? Yeah, yes. And was a guy who was well thought of in the community, big with charity. yeah, i i I can't think of of that sort of fall, if you will. Yeah. This game his game, the way like he's always been loose with the football. Yes, he's always held it too long and always been loose with the football. Yes, yes. Does not protect it. It's kind of always been out there and and that really hurt him last night on the on the last touchdown that ended up deciding the game. But but yeah, there was you I think you felt with Deshaun Watson that at some point he would clean everything up. Mm -hmm. And then it would all come together. And I think it's done the opposite. I don't think it's rust. I don't think it's two years off. I just think that this is who he is, and apparently he's not going to change. Well, I, I think I would say it's
6: some of the time off, because I think also with age you're not the same guy. With the time off, you're not the same guy. Um, clearly, with like you know, he's not viewed as the same guy, and and for. I know two GMs, and I remember when the first Deshaun Watson allegations came out. I asked them, like, when you guys researched him, they're like, nothing clear, clean as the driven snow. Like everyone loved him at Clemson, loved him, swore by him as a person. And I'm also willing to believe that some of this stuff is, I'm not saying fabricated, but is uh, is enhanced you know, and made to seem bigger or worse. But still, there's enough of it to be like, yeah, that's that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. But I, I think there's, I would actually say there, there is something to the, it's hard to not play football for two years and be good. He has had two torn ACLs during his career. At some point, that catches up to you. At some point, you know, when you hold on to the football and you hold it loosely, as you pointed out, Dan Beyer, it catches up to you. And the things you've been able to get away with for a long time because you were just bigger, stronger, faster, smarter than everybody, it, it catches up to you. And then you factor in they're not great. They lose their running back. You're on the road. Pittsburgh's got a good defense. And you're no longer playing in the confines of a dome, which makes everything far easier for guys that throw or kick a football. And, yeah, it's all come to be like, he's not very good. Not very good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kenny Pickett wasn't good either. But when we're starting to put Kenny Pickett, uh, Deshaun Watson in a Kenny Pickett conversation, that that is something no one ever expected to have. Ever.
5: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
8: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity Presents...
1: What
6: up with your Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is broadcast live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hassle protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. So I have a, an honest question. Uh, this is maybe a little bit more for buyer Jay Stu. You can chime in because um, if you don't know Jay Stu's background, he's he's been in this business for a quarter century, uh, most notably with the the Jim Rome show, and um, but you know he's been a booker for Fox for Fox Sports One. He's been a local producer. He's juggled a lot of different things, all while working in the media industry. And I heard this clip uh, with Deion Sanders, where he didn't know their starting center's name, and this is Saturday right after the game, and he was asked about his starting center and not, and and he was like who? And there was a pause there, and clearly somebody who was uh, his assistant or associated with the team yelled out like he's your center. And he's like. Yeah, I haven't, haven't watched the tape yet. I have watched the tape yet. And look, I don't, we don't expect perfect people. Okay? Everybody has their weaknesses. You know, I, I think it's one of the things about even superheroes that sort of humanizes superheroes is that they all have a weakness. Now, I don't know enough about all these uh uh, people from Marvel that are... In, like, there's more and more characters. But I do know that Superman is kryptonite, right? Uh, was Batman scared of bats? Was that what it was? <laughs>
4: <laughs> something like that, right? Maybe
6: well, Nia ne- Jones is scared of, like, snakes. When huh? I mean, you go through all the superheroes, and they all have something, some some flaw. But Dion's whole thing is the Dion personality and the personal touch and the to not know the center's name, who's snapping the ball to your son. That struck me as weird. And what I said is, and I know what happens is people go like, well, you're a basketball guy. There's like 12 guys in a basketball team. It's like, dude, I'm around college coaches, NFL people all the time. They know all of their guys. They know that's the, the job. It's the old, what business are you in? Dion's in the same business that I'm in, the same business that you're in. We're all in the people business. And Dion is especially in the people business. And he's crushing it. Crushing it. He took a one-win team and has made them the hottest, most talked-about, most watched team in college football. But man, when you don't know a kid's name and he just started for you and he's a true freshman, you're like, whoa. It felt like it felt like when they asked LeBron about the Muhammad Ali book or his favorite line from the Godfather. Right, LeBron's always like, man, Godfather's my favorite movie. What's your, what's your favorite line? I don't know. Too many of
7: them. So many of them.
6: So many of them, like, you know, Luca Brasi sleeps, sleeps with the fishes. That's possible. You know, go to the mattresses, leave the gun, take the cannoli, like pick one or even go through the litany of potential lines for it. Right. And you have
7: one that you've been playing since you I know, got I, here. I know, I know,
6: Fredo, I know it was you all along, right? It's yeah. not
2: personal. It's strictly just, business.
6: Just, right? That's a great one. All Godfather lines. But he didn't go into it. Um, what was Trump's deal with his favorite Bible verse? Where he like he doesn't even know how to quote the Bible verse? And it's not that big a deal because, you know, previous to him running for, Trump, for president, he wasn't, he had no sort of religious affiliation, nobody cared, but then all of a sudden he popped up as a conservative Christian and they asked him his favorite Bible verse and he was like, Numbers
3: 3-2 or something. And they're like, what <laughs> is it? Numbers Yeah.
7: <laughs> Revelation. In, in
3: fairness, he is reading the Bible upside down.
7: Because
6: yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's that smart, <laughs> right?
3: He's that... That infamous uh, picture. Cla- yes.
6: clairvoyant. But I mean, to ask Dion, like... And what'd you think of the your, your center the kid who started and he's like I don't who he literally said who now we could give a pass and say I didn't hear you but then he heard him and he still didn't know who he was Have you ever seen that Dan
3: I have heard stories yes football stories not basketball ones uh recruits as well. So, I, I recruits I've I've heard before, right? Because recruits, there's a
6: famous story. I'll share. It's about Digger Phelps. Okay? okay, so Digger was and and so so people understand Digger was Dion before Dion. Okay, Digger he Notre Dame was a what well, it was just an okay basketball program, and he they of course took down UCLA. They went to a Final Four, and he was an unbelievable personality and recruiter. So he was and he wore the carnation, and Digger's good-looking with a big smile and a great personality. But at the end at Notre Dame, like, he had a lot of stuff going on. He was doing TV shows, he was running all around, and, you know, he was spread a little thin, and so they brought in uh, Dickie Simpkins, Sean Tarver, um, there was a big kid who played at Georgetown, um, not one of the huge names, but oh man, I'm trying to remember it. And then he brought in like there was like four big name recruits and then like Carl Kozen. Okay, And the way it worked at Notre Dame on a visit was you'd fly in on the Golden Dome plane, they'd fly around the old school, then you land at South Bend Airport, they they bring you in, in the suburbans. And you go right to the Golden Dome, because the Golden Dome is where the president of the university has his office and his quarters. And the president of the university at the time was Father Malloy, Monk Malloy, who played basketball with John Thompson in high school, he was a big basketball fan. So you'd come in, there's a waiting room, and then the coach would meet you, the assistants would already be with you, and they take you in, they meet the president, you talk about Notre Dame, you talk about basketball, and then you go on a campus tour. And he comes in and he's like, he's late. He comes in, and he's like, President Malloy, I want you to meet Dickie Tarver, Sean Simpkins. He starts like butchering first names with other last names. <laughs> and the only name he got right was Carl Cozen. Guess who signed at Notre Dame? Carl Cozen. <laughs> the rest of them didn't because guys get super offended. You don't even know my name. Yeah. You don't even know my name. And I also get when guys get coaches get older when they start like, ah, they start mixing names together. You know, mixing names together. That happens a lot. A lot. You know, um, You know, we had a, a, a player named Derek Manor on our team at Notre Dame. John, the, the late John McLeod was our coach. He coached the Dallas Mavericks, and so he's like, we need to get that ball to Derek Harper. And I go, <laughs> Coach, if Derek Harper is eligible, we're going to be okay. You know, I meant Derek Manor. But I've never heard, like, most of these guys, they know they're too deep really well, let alone they're 85 on scholarship. Yes, Rob.
7: So the problem then would be that he doesn't. What's the problem then? He doesn't care about the peripheral players. He just he's focused on three or four of these players, and the rest are just just there. I, what's the problem then of not knowing the name of that player? Like what what's what does it call out for Deion Sanders then?
6: Well, it's it it makes the personal touch feel kind of phony, right? To a lot of those guys. Like, don't get me wrong. He knows Shador, He knows Travis Hunter. Uh, does he know those other guys, does he know those other guys' names and actually exist? That's a real thing, especially in 2023. Especially in 2023. You know? Because all that, all that, all that shine, it wears off quickly if he didn't know your name. You know? Because that's really that's what the the job of being a college coach, and this is again from a lot of college coaches is like 10% about the actual coaching. And he's killing the like the media blitz, you know, He has the energy for it, the personality for it, the panache for it. So, um, but he's gonna and and he'll get his pick. the the challenge for them is going to be, not who not who they recruit but who they select like selecting the right kind of guys but none of it works unless you have the guys up front who block and tackle for you and some of those guys are going to be kind of nondescript guys that just want to be part of a great program and you you got to make them feel like they exist
7: and one way is knowing their name so if it was you not i'm just saying you as example not, not that you don't but if it that was you Deion Sanders do you go to that person and say hey man i just want to tell you my bad I know you exist, I know you're on my team, I know who you are, or do you just, you have to apologize to him, right? Or do you just let it go and sweep it under the rug and be like, ah, it's just one of those things. Like you personally as a coach, are you going to go to that guy and say, hey, something just happened out there, they asked me about my center, I didn't know, I, I got lost. I mean, is there a way to kind of make this better for him and his team? Because I do think, like you said, a player, if that was me and I heard that, I'd be like, oh, coach doesn't know me? I might be a little bit upset by that. You yeah. think?
3: Yes, go ahead. I think it's a fork in the road. Either Dion realizes his misstep and corrects it, or he feels, hey, we're 3-0, I'm going to continue to do what I do, and then it becomes a bigger problem when they're 6-5. and And that may not be this season, that may be next season or some other point. But I do think that this is a point of, does Dion think it's a problem? And if he doesn't, it likely then will become a problem. If that makes any sense,
6: uh, yeah, I, I because just... everything
3: is everything is great right now. Like, like even if you're the second string and he doesn't know your name, now he knows your name. But hey, we're Colorado. We're doing this and doing that. That is not going to last. And so at some point, um, there's going to have to be something. So Dion either learns, and then you don't have the problem in the future, or then it becomes a bigger issue with the players that don't. Have their names known by their head coach? Chase, do what you think.
4: I remember a mentor told me uh, early on in my career, and I never took this to heart, and I wish I did. Be very good at knowing names, learning names in business. When you walk into a room, remember the names, and I, I'm god awful at it, and I'm guessing each of us are. It's it's not a skill set that that we uh, that we are are very good at, and I just think that's what this is. Dion doesn't know his name because that kid doesn't affect his day. I think he deals with uh, high level stuff, and I don't think he's going to be apologetic about it personally. I I think he probably goes the other way on this, and like to Dan's point, like no one's going to question his methods at all as they're undefeated. So, it, every, every all of his methods will be the next unconventional thing that that you should do. You know,
6: I don't think his methods are unconventional at all. I think we've uh, we've we've seen this. The, the the difference is he's the superstar player who's got a super big personality, um, who's who's following the script of the big personality, the big recruiter. Like he gets all of that. But but here's the thing. This is where this generation has changed. Okay? This generation is about themselves. Make no mistake about it. And we're to blame for it, right? Because Kids do what they're taught to do or what they learn um, inherently, what they pick up from us as parents or as leaders. And uh, football doesn't generally work that way. You know, foot, football is a team game. You have to have... It doesn't matter who your quarterback and wide receiver You can't block for them, It doesn't matter, right? There, there are just thankless jobs that have to be done that if they're not done right... Nothing else works. That's that's the reality to it. Um, and I, I just, so look, him using his star panache, I mean, even the sunglass thing where he reportedly made, what, $4 million or whatever from the partnership with the sunglass company. It's like, it's awesome and it's genius. Right? But how does that help everybody? How does that help Colorado football players? Now, now what's also changed is it's no longer really about the school. I just that that dynamic has changed and that's a hard one for most of us who end up loving the school that we played for and that it mattered too. And that's really what the sport is about and that's going to be interesting going going forward. But Dion is about Dion. make no mistake about it. I mean it's the and whether and you could say he doesn't mean to be. But come on, man. You know? Like I, I said this before. People people bought into the whole he's doing it to save the HBCUs, to bring attention to the HBCUs. No, he wasn't. He was doing it because that was a place where they wouldn't say no. He could take whoever he wanted, and they had better they had a chance to start his son right away. And by playing at the college level, he massively improved and improved his stock so that he was ready when when he got to Colorado. Shador wouldn't have been this guy if he would have gotten the Colorado job two years ago. He got to play a ton of football, got to run an offense, knows it like the back of his hands, his skills improved, his body's improved, and he's he's doing great. It's all part of the plan. But that plan involves Dion, Shador, Shiloh, not anybody else. That's the plan. And it and I'm sure there's lots of people who go, that's great. It works. It's exactly what you're saying. It's about him. Yes, but. That's really hard to run a sustainable college football program that way. Yes, John
7: Rommel. You know, what I thought was interesting is I always remember growing up and even to now watching a college football game, and somewhere in that game they'd be like the University of Colorado. And they'd show you like, we do this, we do that. You know, everybody does this to promote their school. And and there for Colorado on that day, it was the use of the word prime. Everybody they talked to, even the president, be like, it's prime. Like they were totally – selling. And then at the very end, it wasn't even a Deion Sanders talking in person. It was like just a picture of him on the sidelines. Like there he is. So their whole thing for Colorado is come here because guess what? It's prime. It's prime time.
6: And look, I mean, that's how college sports has worked that way for a long time. It's one of my arguments against name, image, and likenesses. We don't watch games because of the players. We watch games because of the schools and then the names of the head coaches that that we know. And then we learn about the players during that process. That's what we do. But I just, there's a this whole thing is about connecting with people. Connecting with people. And um there there does come a point where the, the showy, like, and even the script of the son showing the watch and and the, the glamour with which, how they, you know, how 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 people purport themselves. Like, even that wore thin from at Florida State. Like, that was Florida State's program. That was Deion's whole thing. By the way, his team got pushed around by Colorado State. The old thing was Deion Sanders was he never hit anybody. He was a freak, but it, an incredibly talented, smart player. But he didn't hit anybody. So, you, when your team embodies your best player and your coach your best your coach supremely talented super bright right but is there a realness in the connection with the players and at some point that gets exposed I just I don't know and what happens when they face adversity they lose these next two games are are we are all the the, the, the good feelings do they do they change or do we go well they weren't supposed to be good anyway
5: okay Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
8: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
6: Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can. They get the same game parlays. You can pocket more cash. You can buy multiple bets in one game. Download the app. Sign up with the code Gottlieb. Get a special offer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. You know, look, I don't hate being that guy. I just don't. And so before the game, I was that guy saying, hey, it's not even the end of week two. And J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. And Austin Eckler's already missed a big game, and and they lost. And now Saquon Barkley is going to miss time, and you start to go through all the running backs who are banged up or nicked up or hurt, and you're like, we're we're literally through, not even through week two. Then Nick Chubb gets hurt, one of the best and highest paid running backs in the NFL. And again, like what you hear from people, and like RG three tweeted out again yesterday: running backs need to get on a call, another call. What call do they need to get on? It's right there in front of you. It's hard to keep them healthy. There's lots of guys to replace them. It's not it, it, it doesn't have great long-term stability. Quarterbacks can play into their 40s and be more than relatively effective. All the rules are set up to protect them, none to protect you. And we're supposed to double down and pay more money. Why? The running market, back market is what it is, and last night was a perfect example. You put a bunch of money into one player, he gets hurt, and now what? Now you have to go out and find guys on the cheap. By the way, wasn't this the same team that Kareem Hunt wanted to be traded off of? Right, because he wasn't going to get used. Well, this is a also a classic. Always be ready, stay ready. You never know. John Middlecoff joins us. His podcast is called Three and Out. It's available on the uh Volume Podcast Network. He's a former NFL scout, and uh, back to college in the college days, he was a grunt on some staffs, and he joins us now breaking down everything we know about the NFL in week two. Um we we all talked about the downfall of Russell Wilson and the fall off in his career. Do you see a second uh a comeback for Deshaun Watson, after what we've watched so far in weeks one and two? Well,
5: the crazy thing is, Doug, is Russell is much older than him, and for as bad as it's going, I think currently he's a better player than Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, Deshaun, if you go back to the way he played, he actually, when he was you know viewed as a really good player, had a lot of parallels with Russell Wilson. He, Russell had a better arm, but they were both, they weren't runners. It, it, really, even though they were viewed as runners, they were athletes that would keep plays alive behind the line of scrimmage, get outside the tackle box, and make explosive plays. And that that's sometimes hard, you know, to just sustain forever. Russell did for much longer. You watch Deshaun tries to ad-lib last night. It doesn't work. He's not, at least right now, not a very accurate quarterback. You know, he missed a couple of just basic slant routes last night. They were just behind the wide receiver. It's like that that can't on third and eighth. That that can't happen. He hasn't beat. So I think the problem is there's no fit in the room with this guy, right? Everything that happened with him, the pressure on it. He missed so much time. He was awful last year. So I guess on a bright note, he's better than he was those last five games. But given what they're paying him, and this happens, what I'm going to talk about tomorrow on the podcast, it happens all the time in the NBA. Because, oh, you just have to give him the max. Well, is he Giannis? Jokovic, uh, or Jokic, Steph, or LeBron? Because if he's not, like, uh, I, we, I don't know. That's not a great idea. And in football, like, is he Mahomes, right? Is he Josh Allen, or even Lamar has proven to go to the playoffs year in, year out. This guy, to me, is not even a top-ten quarterback. So you start playing, paying max money to guys who aren't playing like max players, it derails your team and it happens in basketball, and it, it's going to start happening a lot in football, and you're seeing it happen with Russell Wilson, you're seeing it happen with Deshaun Watson. It happened last year with Kyler Murray. Uh, when, I, when I pay you a premium, I need you to be like every year, I don't know, at minimum, a Pro Bowl-level guy.
6: You, you, one would think. One would think. Uh, what about the other side? Is it Matt Canada, or is it Kenny Pickett?
5: I think it's a combination of them both. When, when you have a Kenny Pickett, I would put Mac Jones in this situation, and I think Brock Purdy is a good example right now, is you are very, very dependent on the coach and the scheme because you are not Josh Allen or Lamar just at any moment. You're like, I'll just make something happen. We're Mahomes, right? So you, the X's and O's impact your success because your talent is not top 10 talent in the position. So the timing, the rhythm of the offense, the design of the offense is, is important to you for your success. And Canada, let's face it, has really struggled as an offensive coordinator. But, like, Kenny Pickett, to me, when I watch him, a little like Mac Jones, he he, he can only bring so much to the table. And when you do draft a guy at pick 20 or like Mac at pick 15, the expectations are pretty high. They they just are. It shouldn't all be on the scheme, even though that player, like, doesn't change just because you draft him that high. So I, I think it's a combination of the two things. And the other elephant in the room is, I've rooted for this guy since high school, followed his career really closely. But Najee Harris doesn't look like a very good player. No. So when you, when you take a running back, you know, in, at whatever pick, you pick 23 or 24, when like him and ETN. Tell what you want about ETN. At least he can be a hybrid guy, catch the ball, speed's a big part of his game. Najee looks pretty slow. He doesn't break that many tackles. He's, he honestly kind of looks like a guy. I mean, look at last night. Chubb goes down. And I didn't quite realize who it was until I looked him up, and that was the guy that transferred from Alabama, went to Cincinnati, uh, Ford. I mean, they didn't have a drop-off. He he ran for 100 yards. His speed was evident. He looked like an NFL starting running back. He looked better than Najee Harris, and he was a fifth-round pick a year ago.
6: Well, doesn't that kind of uh, emphasize the point that we made in terms of the running back market, right? Like, one, guys like Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, already out for the year. Chubb is more like that's the problem with running backs is, like, you can't cut down the contact and all the bodies and rolling over like you can at other positions. So the, the, the chance, the likelihood of injury, either short-term or long-term injury, is much greater that position. And then there's bodies and dudes out there to replace them that don't cost much that there's not much of a drop-off with.
5: Well, I thought last night was like an NFL economic lesson. The Steelers won simply because the second most important position in the NFL, pass rushers. T.J. Watt and Highsmith make a combined a ton of millions of dollars, dominated, took over the game, and they are guys that every team in the league would want and would pay a lot of money, obviously, especially T.J. And no one argues that Nick Chubb is not an awesome player, but he, the, the injury was horrific. They didn't skip a beat. Like, I, I heard, well, he went out. Well, yeah, their problem was not running the ball. The other guy came in, averaged like six and a half yards a carry. Looked freaking awesome. Like, I'd want that guy on my team. That's not – and I saw He said today, like, we're just going to ride with him, as they should. I saw some people on Twitter were like, they should go after Jonathan Taylor. After that, watching that guy, why would you? I'd definitely let it play out for a couple of weeks. If he's going to look good, I, I, I yeah, 100%. And that's – listen, it sucks. Uh, but he's already been – he got paid, luckily. So it's going to be a very – I don't know if you saw the slow-motion replay of it. It was, it was pretty bad. But yeah. that's part of the deal.
6: Yeah. Um, Bengals. What's going on there?
5: Well, I I do wonder if he never really recovered fully from that calf injury. You know, he was good enough to play. He's a tough guy. He makes all, you know, he signs this big contract. He, I mean, the eye test looked pretty bad, Doug. (laughs) I I thought Sunday against the Ravens, he looked just, this is not Joe Burrow. And clearly he re injures that calf. And now I think it's more than questionable this week. Um, I, I, I think they got some problems because if he's injured, you know, part of signing a contract like that, let's face it, football is very much a short-term sport. Like, you're always worried about the next week and that that season because you always have a chance to win. I I do think you got to be really careful, right? You you wouldn't want him ripping a calf or, you know, hurting another body part because he's overcompensating. So, to me, it'd be on the table. And, listen, I know he's going to want to come back, but – he missed a couple games, and all of a sudden, you look up and they're like one and five. And this—I don't care who you are—you're you're not coming back from that in the AFC.
6: Um, what's wrong with the Chargers?
5: Uh, I mean, I—I I think they had so much pressure on them from the way the last couple of years had played out that the margin for error in their operation, uh, obviously, their coach has been one of the more polarizing guys. They, they made some moves, which I understand why they made. Right, they they make the trade for Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is kind of a guy now, you know. When you give up a second round pick and you pay him a lot of money and he's not giving you great, you know, reps off the edge. Well, why did they get him? Not that a lot of people wouldn't have been interested, but the head coach is banging the table. That's what kind of put him on the map when he coached him in Chicago. No
6: question, he's one of his guys. Yep.
5: And 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 J C Jackson, like say what you want. (laughs) Jack has a long history of be very buyer beware when you. I don't want. I
6: don't want. I don't want anybody. That the Patriots don't want, especially for the second year. First so, year, maybe. De- second year, no shot. I want them. Yeah,
5: so de- defensively, right now they clearly have issues. If you just look at those two individual players, they've invested picks and and money into, aren't giving them anything. But but let's and, let's
6: let's not let like look. I'm a Herbert guy, right? We both think, and I, I saw some report where. Yeah, you know, there's some AFC scout or executive that doesn't think he reads defenses, you know, in, in during the plays all pre snap, which I have not heard from anybody else. But they were two of fourteen on third down against Tennessee. Tennessee's good. They're not two of fourteen against the Chargers good. What's wrong with the offense?
5: That's a good question. I mean, Eckler was out last week. He has had two moments the last two weeks where, you know, could have had a big spot and he didn't. So he bears some blames too. Like he deserves a lot. I think, though, they're in a position where the head coach is such the polarizing guy that he just overwhelms anyone talking about Herbert. That to even dive into that on the priority list of their problems, I think we would all agree he's not number one. Now, if he had played a little bit better on a given drive, yeah, are they one and one and not 0 oh and two? But I think last week is a good example of. If you flip flop coaches, if I told you coming into the season, Brable was the was the Chargers' coach, I mean I think a lot of people would have picked them. Like maybe this is the year Chiefs come back to earth a little bit, win 11 games, and the Chargers I, I, win the division.
6: I, I I this is honestly this year where that division is not very good. And no, I I, not at I, all. I think the Chiefs are just okay. You know, just I think that's one reason one of the one of the reasons the Chiefs reworked this deal is because they realized we got to get some better players in here for for coming years.
5: Totally agree but they're lucky right now. They're in a little bit of a situation that the Patriots were in for a lot of their dynasty. Like people are like, well, they played in a crappy division. Well, yeah, but we watched them all the other top teams in the AFC. They constantly beat, but they benefited from always going five and one and six. No, I think the Chiefs. I mean, the Raiders, Does any team that never drafts like in the top five that always ends up winning between like six, seven, eight games, get blown out more consistently than the Raiders. Denver has major issues. And I think the Chargers. I know a lot of people don't think that they would do it, but if they're zero and four or one and five, would they just fire him and give Kellen Moore basically a, a, a two-month interview?
6: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, they they need to win this weekend in Minnesota, right? Oh, it
5: must win. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, a, they need If you lose this game, if you lose this game, I uh, would you agree you fire?
6: I, I don't know. It's just not good. The, the, honestly, the most troubling part is, like, some of the defensive breakdowns are so bad. And the, I don't know if you saw the last Tennessee touchdown. Staley's literally standing at the 10-yard line. Like, so if you can, there's nobody else who's at fault. Like, it's his defense, and he's yelling at them where to be. And a dude's wide open on a simple play-action pass, right, like on the two-yard line. And, but,
5: and, think, and think, think about it, Doug. That they lost the playoff game because of just wide open touchdowns in the second half. So they have nine months to just whether you got to simplify it. Defense is very complicated, it's hard. And I, no one even that watches football, follows football, pretends to be some defensive guru, right? It's why there's only a small percentage of really tangios and the Belichick. But like mm. basic busts is low-level stuff in the NFL. And that feels like constantly happening to the Chargers.
6: Um, Okay. I have had several people tell me that McDaniels and the speed is, it's the perfect system for Tua, but they think second half of the season, people will catch up to some of the scheme stuff. And Tua is just not that good. Um, Where are you on the Dolphins?
5: Well, you got to give them, as the kids would say, their flowers for those first two weeks because their, their offense has been pretty dialed. And, you know, Tyreek Waddle, I mean, talk about a really good pick. That guy, how often does a guy like 5'9", 180, a speedster, that gets drafted high in the NFL ever live up to the hype? Almost ever. And Almost he, ever. He's been He's been unreal. I was thinking about it today. What's going to define their season and really their – I mean, if they get the number one seed, that'll be a big benefit. But for weather games, like they – they, they don't really have that many weather games late in the season. The Bills are coming to them. Look at their schedule right now. The Jets are coming to them. They go to Washington in early December and to the Jets right around Thanksgiving. But at the Ravens, 12:31, like Tua to me is not some cold-weather quarterback. But this season, it's not like their season ends with four games. And if they're the number one seed, you don't really have to go to Kansas City or to Baltimore. So that, I would say the number one seed and the seeding for them Assuming Tua can stay healthy is a major, major, you know, advantage for them or swing the other way because that, that to me, listen, his arm, they get rid of the ball really fast and they run a lot of go routes and he's been really accurate at them. But in the playoffs, when it's zero degrees, you know, think who really shined. It was Brady forever because you kind of got to throw some ropes uh, when it gets really cold and that's, that's not really Tua's deal. But with through two weeks, they 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 are great warm weather team there's no doubt about that
6: no they're, they're 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 fun to watch um have the washington commanders found their quarterback
5: uh i, I wouldn't go that far yet he, he definitely i mean last week how they came back from that he definitely made some plays this week they're playing the i mean their next two weeks come back to me uh early october you got the bills and the eagles you know so he, if they win one of those two games, and we're looking at them three and one, they have good defensive players. They have good offensive players. So if their quarterback position, and this gets to what we always say about like guys like Purdy or when Jimmy was on the Niners, you can just be a solid quarterback. if the talent around you. is really yeah. good. You can't yeah. get away with it on the crappy team, but the Washington, I remember last year in uh, right around Christmas, they were playing the 49ers. I remember watching them that when, when Heineke was playing, like they got good players, and a lot of different positions, their quarterback positions. So if he, he just needs to play solid. And, yeah, they, they definitely could be right there with the Giants to be a wild card team.
6: John Minokoff, uh, NFL analyst and host of the 3 and Out podcast on the Vo- Volume Podcast Network. Johnny, you're the best, man. Talk soon.
8: See you, next, Later. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds...
1: It was shocking.
0: I have to know. What were they thinking?